G'day and welcome to the Pod Pod. It's your boy Dossie talking all things AFL fantasy on this Wednesday night, June 21st, 2023. As always, we've got a duo of two-time top 10 finishers on board tonight. I'll introduce them first because we have a special guest coming up. But first of all, I'll introduce uh, John Harmy, uh, also a member of the AFL Fantasy Fanatics podcast. Harmy, welcome, mate. Yes, thanks for having me, Doss, and uh, just another guest appearance for the week. No worries, mate. How was your week of fantasy footy? Give us a little bit of a rank and score update there. Uh, oh, look, I was probably a little bit disappointed, but I still pumped out a 1887, so uh, I can't complain too much, can I? My rank came in 400 um, spots based on that, so I just nudged inside the top 5,000, but I fear I'm just look at, a little bit disappointed because I had a, a running competition with a friend of mine who's uh, ghosting us tonight, uh, and he's nudged ahead of me now. I think he's overtaken me. So got a bit of work to do for the next 10 rounds, Dossie. A lot of work to get back there, uh, Harmy. But we do have another member of another esteemed podcast, The Hat Chat, uh, Holmesy, mate. Welcome on board, and thanks for gracing us, kindly gracing us with your presence now that you've hit the big time. Yeah, thanks, mate. I've finally moved up in the, the podcast world. But I'll tell you what, I'm uh, super excited about the special guest we got on today. I'm not going to ruin it just yet, but they say you should never meet your heroes in person because they'll end up disappointing you. And I have no doubt the special guest will fall right into that mould. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> That is incredibly rough, but uh, gee, I couldn't have done a better intro myself there. But as you know, uh, now, based on that laugh, you probably know the voice already. But joining us this episode, it is a salary cap expert, hates draft, just has a pure love for fantasy classic. It's uh, Stevie Fears. Welcome, mate. Yeah, no, cheers, Doss. It's uh, good to finally make the full transition, just get rid of the draft doctors and uh, move into the salary. Perfect. That's right. Now, there wouldn't be too many listeners not not aware of the show, but Stevie Fears, of course, you are the co-founder of the Draft Doctors podcast and the website and one of the OG fantasy uh, podcasters going around. So, right now, though, you guys just having a couple of weeks off while the other lads basically aren't available. I heard you the other week. You did a solo podcast by yourself. Talk us through how hard, how challenging is that? Because you went for 25 minutes. I thought it was an unbelievable effort and riveting listen despite being just a solo pod there, mate. It's not fun. You, you really have to be uh, very narcissistic to, to be able to attempt and then pull off something <laughs> like that. So, I got that in spades. It's not, not a drama. No, you did an unreal job, man. And hopefully, we get the draft doctors back sooner rather than later. Holmesy, I missed your uh, score and rank there, though. Let's get a bit of an update there first. Yeah, not too bad, Dossie. Pretty much par round for me, which I, I kind of thought was going to happen coming into this buy round as one of my weaker ones. So, I had an 1840, probably pretty lucky to get there with how uh, one of my players came home on Sunday Arvo, but just meant I, I think I slid back about 80 ranks to 8255, so pretty much par for the week, and fingers crossed I can keep moving up through the buys. Now, I am interested in a score and rank update. Our first from Stevie Fizz from the season. Now, there was a lot of activity on the Twittersphere early days. You were pretty up and about. I, I assumed you must must be right up there in the rankings, just like Dossie here. Um, how's your season been panning out, mate? And a bit of an um, update from the weekend. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't one of my best. It was 1865. You tend to tweet out when you do well, don't you, Doss? That's you tweet when, you, <laughs> yeah, that's when right. you're up and about and lay low when you're not. And that's uh, 10,600... 
13 for the year, negotiating the buys like a uh, submersible pod looking for the Titanic. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a, you know that's a pretty reasonable rank. You've uh, just about halved mine there, so I want to have a look at mine now. And, and look, the listeners have been interested to know if I've managed to finally break the algorithm and get inside the top twenty thousand. Now there is a conspiracy going out there that AFL Fantasy has capped Dossie's progress. Um, obviously, following the the song earlier in the year, claiming the Lux early days, they have put a shadow ban on my account, getting inside the top twenty k. And um, my score this week eighteen seventy seven, which only ten points shy of Harmy. So we can't continue the joke of pumping in a hundred points to me there, lads. But um, look, a pretty solid score, and my rank came in to drum roll, please. Twenty one thousand seven hundred and twenty one. <laughs> I'm still outside, and um, guys, I think we have to go back. I I did end up tweeting my cousin uh, Jaden Papowski out there, Dossie Papowski's cousin Jaden, and I asked him if there is any ghost ships out there ahead of me inside the top twenty k. Now, look, he tweeted me back. I have to confess, I didn't really understand all the numbers, but Holmesy, you've got the explanation for us here. Are there any ghost ships ahead of me? Yeah, look, Dossie, he looked into some of the coaches in the top 20,000 to see um, if there was any out there that had, had been higher than you without making much trades and things like that. And the main one we really want to take away is there was one coach uh, ranked before the weekend about 10,000. He'd only made 11 trades for the year and hadn't logged into his account since round eight. So, how does that make you feel, mate? <laughs> that is just – look, if there's not a ban on my account, that's – honestly, that's just embarrassing for, for me, I'm afraid. That That is just shocking. And and should I just delete the team should maybe be the next question I, I asked Papowski and how many people have deleted their team out there and if I should join the ranks. But, um, no, fantastic stats there. Let's get into some positives for the round after hearing that disastrous news and our lux for the week. Let's start with you, Harmy. Um, what was your lux this week? Or who, should I say? <clears throat> well, I had a couple of Bulldogs bringing it home for me on the Sunday, uh, Dossie, and I couldn't go past Tim English as my captain in the last quarter. He pumped up about 60 points, um, and I was really, really happy um, to see that come through. You know what, Harmy? I actually do have a bone to pick with you, mate, because you just had to come into the group chat at three-quarter time. Tim English was on 78 points, and me being a a, a non-Tim English owner, I was quietly happy. He was going to go just a low ton, but you had to tempt the gods. You come in and you say, hey, Dossie, knowing that Dossie had foregone the the 113 VC from Dunkley to go English, and you're going, hey, do do you think he's got 37 points in him this quarter, Dossie? Dossie replies with the old, yeah, he's got at least 50-plus points in him, mate. I can feel it. And what happened, Harmy? What happened, mate? There we go. That's Buzz. Yeah, look, I better come clean. I didn't have him as my captain. I was just really happy for my friend, uh, Dossie, with the C (laughs) on coming home. and I was hoping he'd just get another five points or so so that you could go past me, Doss. But (laughs) nevertheless, still almost, almost got me. That's beautiful stuff. Holmesy. Who was your Lux? Yeah, I'm going to give it to his uh, Bulldogs teammate, Marcus Bontempelli, uh, 158. He's been an absolute ripper pick for me this year. I was very bullish bullish on him in the preseason and 
it just sucks that I started his other Bulldogs teammate, McRae, alongside him. But he's been an absolute fantastic pick. Nearly priced at the million-dollar price tag now. And, yeah, 158 was an absolute masterclass, including, I think, a 60-point last quarter. So it was a very, very good way to bring it home on Sunday, Avo. Yeah, a couple of late goals in that game. It's just outstanding from the Bont um, heading towards that Brownlow as well. Now, Stevie... Must have had a couple of good performers on the weekend. Who's going to be um, charging you back from 10K and getting you your lux this year? Uh, probably, I'll give it to Patrick Cripps, just because he's been absolutely terrible ever since I brought him in. Um, and he actually had a, I was going to trade him out this week, and, and he actually put a good score on the board against your, my, and our Gold Coast Suns. So, probably Cripps. <laughs> and, but now he's gone. What did he, yeah, what did he get this week? It was like 170 something. Three oh, goals, wow. 110, mate. Hey, uh, Holmesy, I don't want to ruin the Fossils 5 for next week, but would you consider him at 660-odd thousand? Could you bring him in next week? Patrick Cripps, that is loose as I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure I could, but knowing what he's done in the past, you never know. But uh, he'd been pretty ordinary up until that point, hadn't he, Stevie? Oh, he started out okay, and then he had a couple of bad games. It was just Carlton had a good run for inside mids, and I thought, oh, he's pretty cheap. He fits the, you know, what we're trying to do, and, um, you know, it didn't work out. Obviously, he's just kept going poorly. Yeah, so as you mentioned, he's sort of on on your way, on his way out of your team, but we'll mention a few others that uh, were not so good in our sucks. <laughs> Harmy, who, was, who sucked for you this week? I'm going to continue my trend, Dossie, uh, of giving my sucks to the primos that are dropping off my score as we go through these buy rounds. So these are the guys that aren't making the top 18 um, because I'll accept 40 from Chincotta or I'll accept 61 from Wilmot, you know, um, as a lower scoring player. But 66 from Tom Stewart. I was expecting about 100, so he's well short of that. Um, so he can have my sucks for the week. No worries. And I will get to my lucks as well. I know I skipped over myself. There's an extended story there, so that's what I'll get to mine. But Holmesy, who was your sucks this week? Yeah, I'll raise you, Harmy, because at least uh, Tom Stewart dropped off for you, whereas a 60 from Jack Steele did not. He was well and truly in my 18. And uh, he's probably been the worst pick of my fantasy career so far. And I've had some bad ones too. So 60 from Jack Steele, and I'm sure we're going to get into whether or not uh, we can trade him this week because I really, really want to. Just rewind two weeks ago. You may recall that I said we better wait a week on Steele and just see how he um, how he looks physically coming off that buy. Yeah. But did you wait a week? I didn't, Harmy. But at the same time, we no. preach about if you want to get ahead of the competition, sometimes you've got to go early. So I'm, I'm actually all right. With it, um, I didn't expect him to be as bad. I didn't expect him to be worse coming off the bye compared to when he was playing banged up before it. But, uh, yeah, it's it's not looking good now. You were right, but I had to take a punt from where I was anyway, so it's all, it's all good. For a guy that averaged over 120 last year, you wouldn't expect a 60, would you? Worst case scenario. All right, Stevie Fears. Let us know who let you down this week, mate. It's it's tough to it's tough to say this man let you down because he's he's an absolute jag off, but it's it's Scott Lysette. <laughs> and I had <laughs> so I just brought him in to cover over the bias because I don't have English. Um so I've been playing like Samson Ryan in R two and I thought oh, I'll bring in like and he got injured. I brought in Lysette because he had like three really easy matchups after the buy over the buys. I'm like, oh sweet, he'll pump up pump up my cash 
He got subbed in the first match I brought him in, and he scored nothing against the Bulldogs. And then he had Geelong, who's like cake, and, and still scored nothing. And it's like, come on, man. Come on. Dossie, yes, I was uh, right, mate. But Samson Ryan at R2 and then Lysette. Oh, Stevie, what are you doing, mate? <laughs> just letting you do What are you doing, mate? <laughs> well, this is the draft coach in me. It's like you play the matchups and, uh, you know, it might not be a good strategy in classic. But I'm, <laughs> all I'm going, all I'm going to say is this strategy is get, having me twice as good as Doss. That's that's all. We need to know. <laughs> oh no, Stevie, you can't be doing this. You can't be coming on here. You know, out of my own goodwill, got you on the potty. I tell you what, you can't be bringing that. But um, Stevie, I want to know. You got to let us know. Is there any other real loose cannons in your team? You've already it's mentioned absolutely a couple of point block. <laughs> Come on, I'll just list a couple of names for well, us. I brought in Kitty Coleman last week. Which, oh, I don't um, hate yeah. that. They, I mean, they I got a string it. of good matchups, um, and he was cheap and no rich. So, uh, Dan Houston, uh, Matty yep. Rowell, Chad yep. Warner. Matty Rowell's a loose one. <laughs> I'm starting to see I'm why you fan. had Dossie on the Draft Doctors pod for so many years, Steve. You're two peas in a pod. Well, every now and again it clicks because, like, I came, like, I had like a, a top fifty for the week a few weeks ago, and it, sometimes it works, but most of the time it doesn't. <laughs> Can't believe that that squad just sounds like an absolute loose f- loose unit of of Luke Jackson's people. In there, mate. He's and been I'm, good. <laughs> I'm double your rank. Oh god. Oh Luke Jackson. Hang on. Oh mate. Luke Jackson in the forward line, or is he your other ruck? No, no, he's in the forward line. Okay. All right. Well, quickly, my my sucks was the same as as Holmesy. I, I just had steel, but I do want to get to my lux. Going back, going back a step now. I just got a little bit of a, a bit of story time for my lux. Now I do want to give it to Louis um, this week. So obviously not on the pod. Bit of a laid out tonight, but um, he, as you mentioned before, he he talked me out of of backing in the Dunkley VC who had 113. I think that's a really tough line to go against. I didn't want to go against it, as we know. I think it was last week I went against a 110 odd VC. Ended up getting something like a, a 60 or an 80 or something. It was an absolute loose call. And, and Harmy was the the hero there saying, don't do that. This time I went against it again. Louis backed it in. First of all, he said, go Taranto. I missed that one. Then I went on Tim English for the big 134 to come home, put the C on him as well. And so I also want to give the lucks to Louis because he actually came out and watched Dossie play a bit of footy on the weekend with Heth. And uh, it was versing the team that, you know, old mate Checkers is in for his Div 12 resis comp, just a, a few few grades up from that. But I wanted to tell a story from that because it was pretty funny. So, I give an accidental, I, I swear it was accidental, whack to the guts to one of the opposition players. You know, after a spoil, I'm a defender. So, give him the whack in the guts. Say, oh, so, you know, sorry, mate. Sorry. Uh, sorry about that. wasn't intentional. He says, oh, jeez. No worries, mate. You also give me shit fantasy advice. <laughs> so, we had- <laughs> A pod pod, one of the members of the pod pod family on the opposition, he goes back. I think he actually slotted the slotted the snag there. So, a bit of a, you know, friendly encounter there. But then later in the game, this is where it gets even better. <laughs> later in the game, a tussle emerges and um, Dossie, as he, as he valiantly does, goes in <laughs> to care for his teammates, you know, goes in there, enters the fray. Suddenly, I realise a big old strong arm grabs me by the scruff of my neck, pulls me out of the pack with one hand. He's got another bloke by the other hand, by the other neck as well. Who other than a member of our beloved Pod Pod family 
quite aggressively getting some vengeance for that shit fantasy advice, pulling <laughs> me away from the pack there. Um, I tell you what, I, I tried to push against those two pythons as well and, and couldn't break the grip. So um, good on you there. Uh, one of the PodPod family getting the job done. Uh, Dossie and the Cookers had the last laugh, though, with the big dubs. All right, <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. Um, and I would just want to recap some of the content creators cup we have been talking about that quite frequently so the round 14 matches the results are in uh i got the big win over sanchez snags actually and i, I gave that's from hatch at your podcast there Holmesy. i gave him a little dm actually um with the two uh gg too easy and um, he hasn't replied to that one, so I'll be I'll be waiting his his uh, reply. Who else got the matchup? So Stato unfortunately went down to Calvinator. Um, we had Holmesy getting a big win over DC Caterpillars of the Hat Chat as well, and um, Stevie Fizz had the buy alongside Harmy. But apparently Harmy now getting entry into the Content Creators Cup next year. Stevie, do you reckon with your salary cap influence, you might be entering uh, the, this Content Creators Cup next year as well? What? <laughs> no. No, I don't create any content anymore. Don't create any content, so I'm out. I'm out. We, we might have to check on the um, the ranking requirement, whether 10,000 cuts it, uh, Dossier, because, yeah, as you say, I had a chat to the commissioner, Tim Guest, mm. and... Uh, as long as I keep up my rise up the rankings, uh, I'm looking at a promotion, so I'm pretty happy with that. All right. Well, we'll move on as well. Getting to the Pod Pod Challenge, there's now 20, I think it was 26 inside the top 100 now. So massive effort from everyone in the Pod Pod Challenge. Remember to search that in your leagues. Join aboard. That's all the listeners of the Pod Pod Challenge. I wonder where old um, Pipes McGee would be sitting in the Pod Pod Challenge there. Hot topics. Hot, hot topics for the week. Look, there's not, I wouldn't say a stack of um, relevant hot topics, but we did hear the news on Monday night that Sicily is now gone for three weeks. That ban was upheld, as well as Whitfield, who's suspended. So I want to get your thoughts, Holmesy, on um, if we're going to be trading these guys away. Sicily is a clear trade. Yeah, look, Sicily, no doubt you got to trade that. Missing another three weeks, got a lot of money on his head, so no doubt you'll be able to get creative and, and bring in a pretty good player with the money that's on his head. Whitfield, I think you'd trade as well. It's obviously he's on his buy this week and then he's missing another week. And I know coaches have been, you know, struggling with premiums that they could trade on this buy round to get their their players playing this week. So I think that's a bit of a no-brainer. Makes the decision easy for you if you can turn him into a, another premium and have an extra body on field this week. So owners might be a little bit blessed. He's He's been serviceable, but I don't think he's a top six defender. So if you can turn him into someone that definitely is, I think that's a, a very good play. All right. Now, Clayton Oliver, I know he, he's got the big injury sign next to him. We should know if he's going to be named... Um, soon enough. Has that been announced yet? Yes. No, Clayton Oliver. He hasn't made the list. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. So that was kind of some of the rumours going around was that he wasn't going to get up. So not named in the 22 for Melbourne and probably a, a big trade target for a lot of people wanting to go up to that massive big dog in the midfield coming off Still his Still managing, so. managing that uh, lingering blister injury by the sounds of it, Dossie. Well, sounds like it because I thought initially a hamstring and then the infection was what was holding him back. Blister. So, yeah. The, big the big Dossie's never missed a game of footy with a blister, have you, Dossie? 
nah, just about 50 others with other soft <laughs> tissue injuries. But um, all right, with the last week of the buys as well, just a bit of a reflection on our buy round strategy and I guess it, has your team improved as you'd hoped? Now, maybe get Stevie's thoughts, um, if we got you there, Steve, on, on how your buy round went and if you did much planning this year. Oh, none, none. We just pick a team, get to the buys. Not a salary capper. We just we we just get there and well, then go like, well, how screwed am I? Well, how'd it go then? Because obviously we put in a lot of time and effort, kind of coming into the buys. Um, did you find yourself plummeting? You know, at you're at that 10k point. Were you doing a lot better um, pre-buy? And you know, how did that journey kind of go? I think I had one big week up and one big week down, and it's. Just, I always think you can get too far ahead of yourself with these sort of things. Like, we get people asking, is this in draft? And it's like, who do I pick because this guy has this? And it's like, well, you don't know if they're going to get injured. You don't know if they're going to get suspended. Like, it's, uh, you know, you can do all the planning in the world. And, like, I think maybe a week or two before it, if you're making trades and you go, oh, maybe I'll get to make sure I've got a, a point. But maybe the, the other boys probably know more than, well, obviously know more than me about it. But... I think we can overstate what your team looks like heading into the buy. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think there are obviously we've just mentioned there's ghost ships out there doing better, better than us anyway. So clearly, I don't think they're doing too much buy round planning. But um, I think there is something to be said as well on that extra extra round of the buys that kind of helps us navigate that. But yeah, I guess going to going to you, Harmy. What? How have you found it this year? Oh, it's really good because that extra round helped me navigate bringing in um, Bailey Humphrey and Braden Fiorini and Rory Atkins, all these gun players, to help me through the buys. <laughs> oh, dear. No, look, yeah. I've actually, I feel like I've been going all right with the buy planning, mate. I had, um, well, last week was my worst week, and I think I had 21 playing. So, yeah, I've been going pretty well with it. Um, but we'll see. Whitfield kind of doesn't really help me because I was already a little bit short this week. So I don't want to, you know, um, took my own horn or anything, but it's still going okay. Bit rough to put Bailey Humphrey in the category with those other two players. Harmy, Humper's a gun. 75? I'm not shooting for 10,000, mate. I'm shooting for the top 1,000. <laughs> <laughs> the big Humper. Um, yeah, well, actually, I, I funnily enough had a message from Clevo who was on one of the earlier um iterations of this podcast and he said buy round planning works sending me a screenshot of his team he was pretty happy with his rise during the buys um notoriously a non-buy round planner so finally um taking advice after all these years and and seemingly taking a jump um Holmesy, did you have any other takeaways that were kind of different like have you have you enjoyed this buy round period is your team looking any better yeah i, I definitely have i think the, that round in the middle especially the one that i went bang it, it's definitely made it a lot easier for us um, to be able to navigate the buys, but it does really um, hammer home. I know last week I kind of came on this podcast and I was spruiking that maybe you only need 19 or, or 20 players because of how we've been looking this year, but a week's a long time in fantasy and those coaches like myself that had to cop a Wardlaw and a Johnson on, on field this week or you know even players that had to cop Buller or something like that, it, it really hampers your score. So it does really still nail the, the fact time that you've got to plan so you can get at least 20 on so that you're not copying these rookie scores because they will happen. We're not always going to get lucky and, and drop 60s or premiums off Harmy. Yeah, oh, look, I agree. It's, it's a bit of a um, roulette, isn't it, with some of those uh, lower-priced players. You can receive a really awesome score. Some of them are getting 100, you know, but 
the the Johnson's thirty seven and the Wardlaw um, thirty one really just highlights um, you know the risk and reward through this period and who you're relying on and making sure you got an appropriate bench cover. I think that's probably the one thing that saved me a little bit. Dossie coming in was I traded away some of those red dots, so I've, I, I at least had a fair number of players each week, which was good. Yeah, let's get on to one of my favourite parts of the show. It's our observations and our little roundtable discussion. So we just go around, talk about a few observations for the week. It can literally be to do with anything. And I think this is where Stevie Fizz will uh, find his home on this show because I really enjoy part of that. That's the part of the Draft Doctors I enjoy the most is when you guys just sit back, you give us some data that, or you know, some, some thoughts about some game plans or whatever that you've been seeing. And that's kind of really where I think you, you differentiate from a lot of the other podcasts. And, and you're a great watch of the game, Stevie, but I wonder if you've got some sort of observation for us this week. Yeah, love love watching all those games. Um, I, I think <laughs> it's just about being realistic about matchups and situations. Is We had a lot of people discussing the, the Josh Dunkley captaincy score. I saw on the Twitters, like whether to take it, and it's probably on that line ball. But I just want to look, is, is it actually a smart move to be captaining players in night games up north? Like... And especially outside players, I think there was a lot of people who were disappointed with Rory Atkins in the Northern Territory. Uh, and I just think you're running the, the dice, like or rolling the dice when you play these sort of guys. Like there's just no marks in those conditions. If you look at the average marks per game, it's it's 90 per side. Well, neither of those teams crack 70 on Friday night, and, and marks are really where you make make your money. So I, I just and also probably even going back to Tom Stewart, I know he was a popular trade-in off the buy. They had Port Adelaide. It's a shit matchup. Like, be, be realistic about what you, you're trying to achieve when you trade-in players and captain players. And you're going to have Brisbane playing a night match, I think it's Thursday next week. I mean, you can get there with tackles in those conditions because there be a lot of tackles. But I'd just be careful about captaining the outside players in those sort of situations. Just a, yeah. a question for you then, there, Stevie. So we've got a couple of games this week that might be similar. So we've got uh, the Suns and Hawks play the late game uh, on the Sunday, 4.40pm, Heritage Bank. And then we've got uh, the night game in Perth, so Frio and Essendon. So, again, could be a bit dewy at night, I suppose, potentially. So, you're sort of saying that you reckon that there's a bit of a cap on the ceiling of players playing in those games? Well, I think it can be, certainly. Um, I mean, especially if you – I mean, it's probably more of a draft thing, but, like, say you're looking at captaining uh, a Noah Anderson or or someone who primarily wins on the outside um, against the Hawks, that might be a great matchup on paper. And maybe he gets there, but I, I just think that maybe there's some um, limit to the ceiling. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, it's, a, it's another great observation from Stevie and, and what we got you on board for. Hopefully hasn't disappointed you too much on the show, Holmesy. Did you have an observation for us? Yeah, I just want to say Stevie touched on it before in terms of not looking too far ahead in the buys, but I just want to actually look a little bit further ahead to to what our teams are going to look like ideally next week coming out of uh, round 16 with those two trades. So I'm going to start with you, Harmy. Do you think you're still going to be running a rookie on field either at F6, M8 or D6, or do you think you're going to be able to be 
essentially full premium, albeit you still have maybe a couple of premiums that aren't quite up right at the top where we eventually want to be towards the end of the year. All right. I'll just um, bear with me a sec here, Holmesy. <clears throat> I'll, t- I'll just run through my, I guess, the worst player who I'm predicting will be in each line. Okay, so probably probably Will Day as a defence. I'm hoping that my worst player in my midfield will be Fiorini. Sorry, Dossie. And then in forward line will be Ben Keys. So, yeah, I'm hoping that it's close enough to full premium. It kind of just depends on a couple of trades this week and what I do. Um, but And this is why I'm still going to try and still do my downgrade upgrade, cashing out the guys on my bench to try and get to that level. So... Um, this is that's where I'm at at the moment, but look, it, it may change. I'm, I'm sort of considering a Elliot Yo type and um, things like that, which I'll talk to later. But yeah, that's where I'm at at the moment. And Dossie, being a coach that is still contending for the Lux, where are you sitting with your team coming out of the buys next week? Uh, not that good. I'd say I think I'm still in a, I'm in a similar situation where I think um, Fiorini will be my um, M8 there. Um, everything else, my forward line's actually really strong as well. It's really my defence that I just did not upgrade enough throughout the season pre and, and sort of mid-buy. I just couldn't ever get to the cash I wanted. And then with um, Adelaide and Adelaide having that kind of middle buy, it was really, I, you know, Dawson was really the one that I wanted to target. And I still might bring him in, but... Um, yeah, just haven't really filled out the defensive line. So I think my um, my bottom D6, maybe even D5 is going to look a bit ugly. But aside from that, the team's shaping up much better than it was pre-buy for sure. Yeah, because I was just I'm just trying to get a bit of a gauge of where coaches are at. Clearly, the, the coaches in the top 100,000 are, are all going to be close, if not at full premium coming out of the buys. And we're not really competing against them. But I suppose the dilemma that I'll have next week is whether I do sort of use the last little upgrade to get my last on-field player up to, you know, someone at that 500, high 500, low 600 range, like a Yo, uh, Keys, a Himmelberg type, or or whether it is okay to maybe run a, a Windhager at F6 and then decide to go maybe a Caldwell up to a, a real mid-premium or a Briggs up to English or, or something like that. And listening to you guys talk, if you do have a Fiorini at, at M8, then maybe it's not the worst thing as a, a Windhager and a Fiorini could be, you know, comparable at least for that that one round until I have a bit more time to get a bit more cash to go up. Stevie, how are you sitting? Uh, yeah, I'll probably have a couple couple youngsters in there. I think uh, Weddle will be my D6. Um, probably Sheldrick will be my F6. Um, and probably Ashcroft still in the midfield. Yeah, I was just going to say there, Holmesy, with, um, you say, full premium, my premiums would also include people like uh, Lockie Neal, Brad Crouch, um, people that may not actually end up being the top of their line. So this that's kind of the compromise, I suppose, that I've made in that mix as well. But I'm also t- I'm also tempted to um, hold. This is one of my other things. I'm also tempted to hold Windhager as my M8, uh, and like that would make like Fiorini my M7. Because then I think it's 
pretty good matchup, isn't it? They got the Eagles or someone. I haven't looked at it, but yeah, it's yep. pretty decent. They from do memory. have the Eagles in round sixteen, and that's one of the <clears> things that is making it a little bit more tempting to yeah. to run him at least that week. I mean, there'd, there'd be no point upgrading Briggs to English that week, considering they have the Dockers matchup. So you'd think that the Jackson Darcy combo means that English probably won't have a, a real big ceiling game, although he's definitely done it before. So, yeah, that's just something I'm looking at. And that that role for Windhager was fantastic on the weekend. Had the most CBAs for St. Kilda and, and they really seemed to like him as that defensive-minded midfielder in there. And uh, that means that his floor is probably pretty high with the tackles. But as I said, a week's a long time in fantasy. We, we were saying this last week about Johnson and Wardlaw, although I think Windhager's spot on that side is probably a little bit more cemented than what those two uh, rookies had. Going on to my um, observation now, and it's one purely for the great man uh, joining us on this show. But look, I was watching the Gold Coast Suns as I as I usually do. Um, Stevie watched my our you know your beloved Suns. Sorry, I've probably been kicked out of the club. But um, look, <laughs> Stewie Jew, your man. I watched his strategies on the weekend. My boy Stewie <sighs> Jew, yeah, my my great friend Stewie. Forty five CBAs between David Swallow. Alex Davies, Will Powell, and Nick Holman. Um, Fiorini, we know, isn't getting isn't getting used there. That's all right. He's popped him on the wing. At least he's getting a game. But could this finally be it after an absolute walloping? Their midfield was questioned constantly on the broadcast as well, getting a bit of heat there. Stewie, you know, really fighting for that gig. Could this be the moment? I mean, he desperately, in desperation, put Will Powell and Nick Holman at the centre bounce mix in the second half. Yes, after halftime, they said, what's Stewie going to do to change it up? In goes Nick Holman and Will Powell into the centre bounces after halftime. What's stopping him now in putting in a man that just had 44 disposals, seven marks, eight tackles and two snags with 173 fantasy points? Talking about Flanders. Surely it's nothing at all stopping him from putting him in there, Stevie. What do you think on that? Flanders, is it time? Well, it should be, but he seems to have an aversion to the great man, so I'm not sure what the hell's going on there. Even early in the piece, he couldn't get a sniff. I don't know what photos Alex Davies has of Stewie Doo doing (laughs) what, but it's got to be something juicy because he just he hates him. I don't understand it. I can't understand it. I, I sort of understood it early in the year when the small forwards were lacking, but I, I think you've got enough other guys there to, to give him a run. I just can't get it. Even when he did come in pre-injury, he was only allowed to sit in a 50-arc too. He wasn't yeah. allowed to come up the ground. That, that's it. It's, it's small just, forward. It's unbelievable. Is he, it's just is he too small to be an inside mid at AFL level? Like, we've seen Caleb Daniel oh, do it at times. Caleb Daniel? At to- yeah, <laughs> yeah at times, though, Dossie, and Daniel's a bit older, right? Uh, it's crazy. Well, they're, I- they're talking him up pre-season. Like, I don't understand it. it they're, they're actually at a chance of losing him. It's, uh, the Suns just – no offence, Steve. The Suns keep doing this time after time. What's the go with Sharp? Why didn't they let him go last year to West Coast when he wanted to? I don't really understand their trading and – their recruitment philosophy. Well, I don't Tell think us, they, Steve. They, I don't think they need. Well, I mean, they weren't going to get anything for Sharp, right? So they need future picks. Um, I think the deal was for, he was happy to go to Frio. Frio didn't have any future picks, um, so they just held him to the contract. I mean, I, I think it sort of goes back to like when when the dumped Lions, they had no need for the picks, so they just let him go. And it's, I think it's just one of those things they've. 
got a clear strategy. They needed picks for this year because they've got an extremely strong uh, academy hand coming through. Uh, and if Frio didn't didn't have it, then they may as well keep him. And I mean, he can't crack the team. Like, not even getting a sniff. So, oh, well, I've yeah, got Flanders my on him. He's only- I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> Stewie Jew yeah. is really interesting, man. I know people might say he's a shocking coach, but the the guys are signing on. Like, they're not losing. Yeah. The stars hand over fist. So I, I think they're in a really tough spot. I'll just say, Dossie, I actually am a believer. I have traded him in and out of my draft team about four times this year. So I'm waiting for Flanders to get a game, but I just can't see it. I, I spent a waiver in my keeper. Like, I've been holding that waiver for ages. I was that convinced watching the game on the weekend that they need to change their midfield mix that I would not be surprised if he finally gets a gig this week. So, look, Buzz Dossier, he often predicts things before they happen, Stevie. I don't know if you know that, but, um, look, I think your boy Flanders might be in at that first set of outs <laughs> well, on the weekend. The only, the only thing in his favour is Jed Anderson's pulled a pin. He's, um, well, not retired, but he's taking time away. So, unless it's kind of Blakely season... Uh, <laughs> and also, by the way, I think I think Constable got injured on the weekend because in that concussed. same game he only had yeah. So, so he's third end of much down there to replace. Uh, I think it's you'll have season. I think you'll have um, Ellis come in because Jeffrey's out for six weeks. Um, yeah. Oh, is he? Yeah. So yeah, he was on the bench for the whole last quarter. Yeah. All right, we're going to get into a heap of players now, but just to let you know, as always, this episode is brought to you by the Keeper League pod. Um, check them out. Look, they're just—they're not just for your Keeper Leagues. You know they've got a ton of resources there for your AFL Fantasy Classic team as well. I got those State League numbers from the great Flanders from their website that do the State League Fantasy scores every single week along with your CBA and kick-in trends. Check out the draft days there as well. Waiting for that Elijah Sartis debut. You can check out what he averaged over on their website as well. Use the code PODPOD at sign up for 20% off your membership there. Your link will be in the podcast description. Now, we wanted to quickly go through your, um, in honor of the Fossil, of course, not with us on the show at the moment, but the Fossil's five. So, Harmy, you're going to be the honorable Fossil this week and your top five targets this week before we get into our Twitter questions and the requests there. And look, I don't mean to um, go against the the um, host's instructions, but I'm afraid, Dossie, I've taken a bit of poetic license and I've moved this around slightly, sorry. I couldn't really, when I when I wrote down all of the players coming off their bye and the ones that I'm interested, I kind of had to group them. So I've got sort of two groups, I'm sorry, mate. One being premiums and one being mid-prices. I'm not really going to go through rookies because there's stuff all... Uh, unless your name's Kyle Lohman, you're probably not a bad damn great option. So, <clears throat> I'll throw out a few primos. I'll go three, two, one, I think, with the primos. And coming at number three is Zach Merritt. Priced at 994000 He's a little bit above his starting price. So, he's, he's priced at 115000 Had a great run coming into the buy with a break-even of 100, so he'll get that, no worries. But I guess my only knock on merit is he has had a great run coming in. Not sure whether that's going to continue, and I see that um, Darcy Parrish is a chance to come back, okay? So he's my number three. 
Number two out of the pies, Tommy Mitchell. Love the pig. Wow. Absolute gun player. A guy that gets it done in all facets of the game, as in marks, tackles, um, probably too many handballs, but he's. I really enjoy watching him, okay? 875000 He's gone up slightly on his starting price, okay? So he's 22000 up, but... What he's been doing the last sort of the last few weeks, getting out those hundred and twenty plus scores, has been awesome. Average, sorry, priced at one hundred and two. I reckon he goes a little bit beyond that. Okay, so he could be one hundred and five, maybe a touch more. So that's not just, too bad. I just want to jump in there because I know, yeah, like Stevie, you're you're a whiz with the stats. Is there anything that you would flag if you're looking at targeting Tom Mitchell? Do you think the last kind of months been a little bit of an outlier, or would you back in the form change here? Oh, I mean the go is out, but I'm okay with I'm okay with Tom Mitchell. All right, you've got the you've got the tick of approval there from Stevie Holmesy. Yeah, and I'll just I'll give this one to Jake, uh, who actually flagged this on the Hat Chat podcast the other day. The only thing I'll say is that his scores have been built very heavily around tackles, and he hasn't really been the biggest tackler in his um, career so far. And admittedly, that's because his role was just to get as much pill as he could on the outside, but I think 10 and 13 tackles in his last two games when he's more, you know, traditionally a, a four, five, six tackler. So maybe if those tackles start to come back down to a more normal level, then maybe the big ceiling scores aren't going to be there, but I can't really knock the pick. I was looking at him myself and I think at a minimum, I think the 102 price tag is what you're going to get. So yeah, great flag there, Harmy. Okay, thanks, Jake. Um, Got to remember, he also did have a smashed shoulder for a while, so his, his tackling was probably down a little bit coming back from that. Mm. But number one in the primos, I'm going to throw it to Rory Lead. He's the sort of player that I like looking at coming in through this period of the season because he's actually down a fair chunk on his starting price. There's been a couple of little injuries throughout the first half of the season and there's potentially some upside there. So, yes, um, Jordan Dawson's coming to the midfield and he's playing awesome, but uh, I still think that he's a good pick, Rory Laird. So 118000 down for the year. He's priced at one hundred and ten, uh, with a break-even of one hundred and four. So... If you if you're going for a, a premium this week, he he would be a very good pickup, I think, guys. Agree with that? Laird Titch Merritt one two three. Yeah, can't go wrong with that. Okay. I reckon. <laughs> Although oh, Titch probably the controversial one, I'd say. Stevie, any different from the uh, from a drafting sense? You know, you you like the one through to hundred, I suppose. Uh, no, no, they're they're great picks. I'm probably looking at. Um Stuart, myself, this week, um, held off last week. Uh, I think he's an easy swap for Whitfield. Um, mm-hmm. yep. And uh, probably Brayshaw as well. I just think um, with Sarong battling through injury, he, he might be a pretty handy pickup. For the, I mean, he's a gun anyway, so. Yeah. Cool. All right, so I'm going to move into the, uh, I guess, the mid-priced people. I'm going to throw out five, if that's okay, um, Buzz. I know that you've probably Go got... Go ahead, mate. There's probably a hundred that you could probably name. We've uh, got lots more to get through. Ahead. Come on, Harmy. So, number five, I'll give to Salem. I think when you when you watch that Melbourne game prior to the bye, everything that they wanted to do coming out of that back line was through him. So, at 659000 he's basically at his starting price, and I think he's... He's um, not too bad a value, okay? So his price at 76. Every chance he could go beyond that, okay? So break even at 59. 
Number four, you guys might might not like this one, but this is a guy that I was watching through the preseason, and not much has gone his way. He's out of the midfield, but he's still scoring bloody well, and that is Taylor Adams. Taylor Adams, his price <laughs> is six hundred and twenty-four thousand, so affordable from um, maybe even your Wardlaw types, I suppose. Uh, he's down a hundred thousand on his starting price. He's been in the forward line, and that's affected that. Um, and his price at 72, and I think that he's beyond 72, right? He's uh, got a 44 break even, so probably not a bad pickup this week. If you're interested in somebody cheap, then he's uh, oh, mid-forward as loose. well. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That's, that's all we're here for, Dossie. You're rubbing <laughs> off on me. Number three, my mid-prices. <clears throat> very, very high on the trade targets a couple of weeks ago, but um, Darcy Cameron, six hundred ninety-one thousand. He's down on his starting price when we were all keen on him as a value ruck coming into the season. Priced at eighty, break even at fifty-six. If you were keen on him two weeks ago, I know that you don't really um, haven't had all of the support through the buy, but I think he's still probably a good pick. Number two. Uh, my mid-prices, I know this name's been floated around and I'm bloody glad I picked him up for about $120,000 cheaper than he is now. But Ben Keys, the midfielder, n- not forward, the midfielder for the Crows, 675000 still 190000 down on his starting price. Can you believe that? He's priced at 78 with a break-even of 28. Holmesy, what do you, how, where do you feel, how do you feel about uh, Benny Keys? I really like the pick. And I really want to go there this week. But I do worry coming up against Carlton, is he going to tag Dacos like he did in the same fixture only Collingwood, six, yeah, yeah. Collingwood sorry, uh, six rounds ago um, when he tagged him and only had a score of 44. So if he's if they give him the matchup this week and they say you're going to run with Dacos wherever he goes, it's going to be all right in the midfield because we know he can score in the midfield. But if Dacos just takes him back himself back to the half-back flank and Keyes just has to follow him around, um, it might be a bit of a disaster for coaches this week, uh, bringing him in. So that's the flag I want to put on it. I've been toying with it all week. I think he's fantastic value. I think in the midfield role, he's going to be a top six, if not very, very close. But yeah, I just do worry about the matchup this week. That's the flag I want to put on it. And that flag kind of extends for the rest of the season, right? If he is that sort of go-to where they kind of fling him around, matchup dependent to give him different roles where we really want consistency. And I think we heard that... Um from the from Tommy Duday on the on the Traders podcast um, earlier in the week, saying pretty much exactly that that he's kind of their you know jack of all trades and and kind of can you can throw him anywhere, which kind of hurts his I guess his ability to play that pure midfield when he can do other things. But yeah, Harmy, who else have you got for us in this before we get on to some requests quickly to round out the show? Yeah, I'll just I'll throw a question back to you. I suppose how many times has Nick Dacos been tagged this year? Well, not as many as we thought, but they did tag him in this in that corresponding fixture earlier in the year, and they got within one point of Collingwood. So you would think that um, they potentially roll with that again. It's just a flag, but you know it's going to be a disaster if you do it, and then the tag does eventuate and he doesn't score. That's that's just a flag. But you are right, Harmy. I've been worried about tags for most of the year, and it hasn't eventuated a lot of the time. But when there is evidence of it happening against this side earlier on in the year, it's it's definitely something you've got to consider. Yeah, and look, fair call. Um, agree with you. There is some risk there, but I just think that I've been looking at these tags, expecting things to happen, and then you say you avoid a trade in, but then you look at it, and then the guy never gets tagged, and he smashes out a massive score, and you regret not 
you know, training him into your team. So I just feel as though there's actually been a lot less this year than uh, we expected. But anyway, we'll go to my number one. If you like risk in your back line, this is your man, Elliot Yo. Yeah. Okay, priced at 605000 20000 cheaper than the start of the season. Wow. Priced at seventy. <laughs> This is a guy that's gone over 100 in the past. I, I really think that it's a <coughs> great play. He's playing in the midfield now. Um, yeah, sure, there's a risk of a shoulder, calf, groin um, injury, but I still think if I, I'm looking for a value pick this week, um, it's probably, you know. Yeah, and I don't know if you've seen it, but they've basically confirmed that McGovern, Barras and Liam Duggan are all going to come back into the side this week, which is a guaranteed two defenders, if not Duggan going back there as well. We've seen Duggan play a bit of midfield this year. So you would think that that means that there's less reliance on Yo to go back and play fullback like he did against Adelaide, which means that potentially there's a bit more midfield time for him where we know he can score too. Yeah, and you, you've seen it. Like when they have their ideal time, like ideal midfield, so when Simpson's got what he wants, it seems to be Yo, Kelly and Sheet. And that would make sense. Um, yeah, they'll run through Jim being that and, uh, you know, less extent, uh, some of the other guys. That's who they feel they are most competitive with. And they hey. just haven't really had it the entire season, have they, Dossie? Uh, no, mate. And it'll be good to hear Stevie's thoughts on this. And will Elliot Yo be joining your uh, mishmash crew of misfits, mate? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe um, after that pitch. I was just going to ask, Harmy, at this time of the year, are you more willing to take on a risky player like Yo because you've kind of got a full team or close to a full team, so you're not trying to make upgrades, downgrades. Is that something that plays in your strategy or, you know, as opposed to, say, starting someone like that at the beginning of the year? There's a couple of – yeah, so you're right. I'd be far more inclined to take this sort of a player at the start of the year. But um, my team is not in the top 100 and it actually – uh, may work as a bit of a point of difference from those teams that are up there because they can't afford to do it. If they've got a full premium team, they're not going to downgrade to Yo. Uh, for me, um, Holmesy asked about who our worst players were coming out. I see him as affordable um, and a rookie upgrade. Unfortunately for my team, my personal situation, it's going to be a bit harder because um, I'm actually going to have to have move. I've already got Will Day in my midfield. I'm going to have to move another... Um, defender a mid into my midfield to be able to get Yo in. So this is the only reason I'm a little bit reluctant this week for me myself. Yeah, and the other thing that I, I kind of like about the Yo pick as well, don't get me wrong, it is just fraught with danger with his body, but we've spoken a lot on this podcast how you know the top four defenders are pretty much set in. You've got Dacos, Dawson, Sicily, and then Doherty as the top four, but that fifth and sixth defenders just up in the air. Like we've seen Stewart be up and down. Sinclair's hitting a bit of form, but he he has a bit of a flaw on his day as well. So, you know, if you can get an Elliot Yo priced at 600k that can push close enough to those guys, then that can definitely be a win at this time of year compared to, you know, Harmy's right, some of the other top sides that have got their defence set. But, you know, just because those defenders performed well in the first half of the year doesn't mean that they're going to perform as well in the in the second half. 
All right, that's epic um, Fossils 5 or Fossils, um, what was it in the end? Eight there from you, Harmy. We got some mid-prices and some premiums. I love that though. That touches on a lot of the players that did come up in the listener request. But we are going to get to these now. And um, look, in honor, we're gonna, I'm going to go back to our segment steal. Now, Stevie, I don't know if you've heard this, but um, we steal segments occasionally on the show. We're frauds here. We can't think of our own ideas. So we go and steal some segments. And this time in honor of Kyle's guest appearance on Hat Chat, we're going back to the well and we're stealing trade or spade will it be a trade will it be a trade or spade so in trade or spade it's obviously it's essentially hold or fold but um with nathan's spin on it from hat chat now there is a couple of people that are really relevant this week uh jack Steele. they came out and said he's got a grade two medial strain and an achilles issue but stevie if he gets up and about this week, would would you trade or spade? No, you got to get rid of him. I brought in Brad Crouch last week just because Steel looks rooted. <laughs> I'll get the other dude. All right. So if you're an owner, though, you're you're trading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get rid of him. Wow. All right. You can only Does anyone have Dossie, any You can difference? only look at it though yeah. if you're going to have twenty on field, right? So I I'm looking at it this week. I I want to trade him. I just want to get off. I can't have another half where I see him only get 20 points and just look absolutely nowhere. But I can't trade him this week if it means I'm only going to have 18 or 19 on field because you cop a few rookie scores and you may as well keep him. So if coaches are in a good spot where they've got 20 or 21 playing and they can get rid of steel, um, I'm I'm definitely ticking that move off because you're just going to kick yourself if you try and hold him and uh, he comes out and he still just looks exactly the same. I, I can't see him getting over his injuries just like that. I think it's going to take a bit more time. So I think... Uh, for me personally, if I can do it, I'm, I'm going to jump ship. All right. I also want to throw this one to you, um, Stevie, as well. So, Sam Walsh in a bit of a form slump. And uh, is this a trade or spade for coaches? Yeah, that's a strange one, hey? Um, Weird. Not sure what's going on. I'd, pr- I'd probably try to stick fat. Uh, spade. Just- what? <laughs> yeah, spade. <laughs> yeah, try to stick fat. Just they've got some good matchups. I'd just can't get it. I just it's it's in my blood. The good matchups, um, I can't get away from it. Although I said I'd trade Patrick Coots, but he he sucks. Fair. All right, trade or spay Jack Zebel, Harmy. Right. Yeah. And what did he get? Fifty nine and sat fair chunk like a third of the game on the bench. Uh, the, the, some of these ones are really difficult. That Jack Steele one is quite difficult because he's playing this week. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, if, you know, yeah, you hopefully. might need him as a number. It's the most difficult buy round, and you were relying on him as a premium score in it. So that is a really difficult decision for coaches. But this one with him not playing, opportune time to um, trade him out. What about Harry Sheasel on the same team, uh, Holmesy? But we saw him move back into that fantasy friendly role in in defence again this week. And obviously, some coaches have already traded. But if you haven't, is it a trade or spade? Uh, I think this one's a spade, Dossie. Um, I actually have a bit of regret trading out Sheasel two weeks ago. Uh, I thought it was the right move at the time with Aaron Hall still in the side, but with them turfing him out and Sheasel moving back into that halfback role, um, I can't see that changing anytime soon. And and in that role, he can he can easily go 90 to 95 and, and be close enough to the top six defenders while you upgrade around the rest of your side. The caveat on that, though, is that if you do need to trade him to get numbers on field this week, then I'm absolutely okay with that. 
And coming out of the bye, if it does end up moving into a more midfield forward role, then absolutely you jump off them because that role is not going to be as easy to score in compared to that halfback role. All right, now we're going the double segment steal for the first time on the show, and it's mainly because we are running incredibly tight on time, and I really love this um, segment from the Plus Six podcast, going back to our boys Pete and Jep. Um, Plus Six podcast, this is My the- mate. My mate. Yeah, your, your boy, your boy, Pete. Um, <laughs> Hang on, Dossie, Steve, aren't we doing mate. a mock draft after this, mate? Aren't we going for two hours? <laughs> oh, no. All right. Well, we know Steve loves um, – Steve and Pete have a great relationship on Twitter there, the AFL uh, ratings. It's like or dislike. Okay, let's smash through these names. I'll just give you the name. You give me a like or dislike. You can give us a quick explanation if uh, of why that is. But um, Clayton Oliver, we can write off because he's injured. So that's a dislike there. Dislike. Um, we've gone through the first. Uh, we've gone through Zach Merritt and Tom Mitchell as both likes in Harmies. Christian Petrarca, Holmesy, like or dislike? Uh, I'm going to say dislike. Um, as um, I'm a Petrarca owner, so um, I've had him all year. He's been serviceable, uh, close close enough to the top eight mids without being fantastic. Uh, don't get me wrong, owners have been very kissed over the last three to four weeks with Clary Oliver being out, but you're going to want Clary Oliver back in your side when he is fit and firing, and for that reason, I don't really like trading into Petrarca now knowing that Clary is pretty close. So I'll say dislike, but I do have him, so I, I do actually like him as a player. Lockie Neal, Harmy. Ooh, as a trade-in target, isn't it? So, uh, look, I'm going to say dislike right now because I now feel that there are more um, trading options for you. So, yeah, I'd probably be chasing somebody else such as a Brad Crouch type. Well, Brad Crouch, Stevie Fizz, like or dislike there? Yeah, yeah, fan. Brought Brought him in so he better be good. Yeah, you love that option um, with, as you said, steel uh, cooked. I can't remember the exact word there. Um, Liam Duggan, Harmy, like or dislike? Dislike, better options, Far expensive. Out. He, came, he came home firing last year though, but as Holmes, he said, there's lots of defenders coming back in the side. I'm keen to look again there, but he came firing home last year. Don't do, um, it. Don't do it, mate. Mason Redman uh, on the contract extension watch. Holmesy, like or dislike? I'll say dislike, but I'm going to caveat this. I actually haven't looked into what his price is or what he's priced at. I know he's been in some pretty good form and, and Essendon seem to um, be playing some pretty good footy at the moment, but I'll just keep going back to what we've been preaching over this whole season is that they've got a lot of ball users back there and sometimes they're up, sometimes they're down, and I don't think he's going to consistently score well enough to be a top six defender uh, on the run home. Now, I think some news came out about this guy today maybe, but Callum Mills, is he out of the – this week, did we hear today? I think there was some news. No, nah, um, they just said that he's got to get through training tomorrow before they, they okay. make a decision on him. All right. Well, if named, Stevie Fizz, Callum Mills, do you like that or not a fan of getting him coming off his injury? He's up against West Coast this week if he plays. I love the player. I don't. I just don't trust him, man. Just don't trust him at the minute. That's a dislike there. Dylan Moore, Harmy. Hmm. Dislike, I don't know. I just I don't want to sit on the fence, so I'll say dislike. But he's an option. But yeah, not enough mid-time notch. The moment he gets mid-time and they look like they're going to give him it for the run home, that's when I want to jump because he's a killer in inside mid. Um, Humor Cluggage coming off that concussion, Holmesy. Any temptation there? 
Um, he's got the thumbs up. But uh, no, nah, I'm going to say dislike. I, I want to see how he comes back. Um, he's very, very cheap, but cheap for a reason for, with what we've seen this year, up and down like a yo-yo. Um, he's, he's not in the inside mid-rotation, which means he's practically a full-time winger, which sees his scores go up and down. So uh, I'll, I'll wait this week to have a look, but uh, he's not someone I'm personally targeting. He has been in the rotation, but um, uh, Stevie, what's been the downfall of the clugger this year? Uh, probably Josh Dunkley, I'd say. <laughs> or the Dossie curse from that song a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah, it's yeah. possible. Can't have it. Dossie, Strange did, are you uh, a little bit yep. upset that Ashcroft put another 71 points on Clugode over the weekend? Uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll make up the ground. But no, I don't know. It's tough. Like he's in that Mills price range, but he'd have to turn it around. I think it's, it's, uh, it's too tough to jump on at this point of the year unless he really shows that ceiling that we know and love. Uh, Darcy Cameron's a popular mid-price option. Here's a few middies. Um, are you keen on Darcy Cameron, Stevie Fears, as a classic option? Have you got him in your eyeline sites? No. no. Dis- dislike? Wow. Okay. Dislike. Can you expand? Oh, I just don't like him. Like, the, the role, just it can be up, can be down. Who knows about the splits? Not a massive fan. It's an interesting take. I reckon, what do you, is there any, dip, Harmy, like, I reckon you'd be keen on a bit of Darcy Cameron. Uh, mm. No, as well. He's just not for me at the moment. Yeah, okay. I had a look. I mean, and he's had a couple of good weeks, um, but yeah, I'm just, I, I can't really make it work. I've got so many forwards. I think I'm just going to um, sit him out. Yeah, I'm just going to not trade him in. All right, we're down to our last few here. Christian Salem, Holmesy. Could you go him as a yo alternative, or are you much more keen on the yo? Oh, you definitely could, Harmy put a good case up before but yeah look I think he's only had one career year where he averaged 92 and and most of the other years he's been at sort of 86 to to 90 so although his value on his 76 price tag history suggests he's not going to be close enough to the to the top six defenders in that role so I'm going to say dislike on Salem I'd much rather take the punt on an Elliot Yo, but maybe he's a a safer play for some of those teams at the top that uh, don't want to take the punt on a, an injury ravaged Elliot Yo. Yeah, and, and if he had he had a flawless run coming in and he'd had a great preseason and the writing's on the wall where he was having a great season, it's just not the case though, is it? Jarman Impey, Stevie Fizz, I know you'd know his exact price being 697000 being the salary cap fan that you are. 113 in his last three, like or dislike Jarman Impey with uh, Sicily three games out as well. Yeah, that's the that's the magic sauce. I, I wouldn't pick him, but I think it's fine if you want to do that. Like, you're probably going to have to trade him out though at some point. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Marcus Windhager got the massive centre bounce bump. Harmy is he? Oh, you know, is he a bit of a no-brainer pick at the moment, given Steele's injury and given he's just clearly got a role change in there? Yeah, look, I brought him in last week and I was quite happy with what I saw out of him. So um, if he suits what you want to do going forward, um, probably as a downgrade option to make a bit of cash, I think that it's a good play. All right, and finally, what are our rookie options this week, Holmesy? Dewey, is it just a Kyle Loman that's your real favourite or if Marek also gets named from West Coast? Is there, you know, what have we got down there, Holmesy, do you think? Yeah, we're going to have to wait for selections, Dossie. I think we'll probably lose a, a Jack Buller and, and he was no good in his debut game anyway. Loman's the obvious one. Um, it seems like they've got a spot for him in that side now. 
with Gunston going out for a while. Uh, but if he's someone that you're going to have to rely on field coming out of the buyers, then that's absolutely not um, not a play. But as he's a good downgrade option to get some cash as any uh, that we've got at the moment, I think he looked really good. Jasper Fletcher looked pretty good as well, but I think he had a bit of an injury towards the end of the game. Uh, pretty low time on ground. And also Hugh McCluggage coming back means that we don't really have certainty on what his role is going to be moving forward. So I, I think it's Lohman, but uh, just wait for teams tomorrow to see if there's any other options that present themselves. Yeah, just have a look at two others. Um, probably Campbell Chesser is potentially a, not a bad option. He's still affordable, about 283000 And then if you want to wait for the Sunday teams, you could see if Harrison's name for the Pies too because he's only 256000 So they may be your cash dump options. I've got one final one for Stevie Fizz to wrap up the show. Like or dislike Sam Flanders? Love Sam Flanders. That's <laughs> Stuart Chew. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Yeah, Thanks so much uh, for joining us, Stevie Fizz. And yeah, um, any you reckon you reckon the uh, draft doctors will be up and running soon enough um, in the next few weeks? You reckon? Uh, we'll give it a bit of time, then we'll cash in the draft kit again. Just about that green. <laughs> no, I don't know. I hope so. I hope yeah. so. The boys are still writing articles, so please check out the website and the the um, the streamers. Are just absolutely on fire. Matty Faz doing a great job. Nice work, Matty Faz. I'll have to check it out myself as I'm on the run home for my uh, Keeper League championship there. But yeah, check out thedraftdoctors.com.au. Go follow them at the Draft Doctors on Twitter as well. Uh, Stevie comes up with some fire on there. I do love watching your, uh, your Twitter game. So thanks very much, Steve, for joining us. And uh, we'll see all of you next week. Feels like I'm wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. <laughs> Stupid sexy Flanders.